Well, it's my pleasure to be here today. When I was asked if I would preach, um, and given the theme that we're on, I thought of Psalm 23. Now, those who are in my Psalms class, uh, we spent about two and a half hours working with Psalm 23 last class. So, you can expect a really long sermon. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. Um, But it's, it's going to be a bit of a hermeneutical exercise. I'm really going to be preaching... But I'm going to try to um, get you to engage the text again. When in the Western Church we think of Psalm 23, we tend to think of two or three circumstances where this psalm is appropriate. I asked this of the, the psalms class the other day. Two of them popped up immediately. Funerals, hospital visitation. And if you visit the elderly... They want it as well. Those are the three situations where we find this psalm to be so appropriate. Because, well, well, why? Well, when we read through it, but of course you have to read it in the real translation. So I'm going to read it to you in the real translation. And then you get why it is that it's a hymn or a psalm about death and going through death. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I, shall, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. King James Translation, Authorized Standard Version. He restores my soul. The valley of the shadow of death. He comforts me. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All of these words and phrases drum up in our minds a sense of death and of God being with us in the midst of death and when we are in proximity to death. Because when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, there he is. He's with me, comforting me, assuring me that on the other side of death, I have nothing to fear because he's there with me. To keep me from the evil one. Problem is, the text isn't about that. Psalm 23 isn't about death and dying. Psalm 23 is about living large. That's part of the theme for this term. It's about living in confidence with God. Some unfortunate translations and translation choices along the way have led to us hearing it as a psalm about death. You know, it's not heard that way in all societies. I did this experiment a few years ago where I asked students, and one of the students was from Asia. And she said, well, that's not how we read it in Asia. We read it as trust in God. Bingo. That's what it's about. Trust in God for living. Which includes trusting God when we're dying. But that's not what the psalm is mainly focused on. So I want to walk us through this, and I'm going to do that actually 
by, actually, I don't want it. I want it so I can see you. <laughs> Not that I'm preaching to you, brother, but uh, I don't like to have microphones in my way. Um, I'm going to read you my translation of this so that you can hear um, how I translate this. And I want you to note a couple of things. <clears throat> First of all, it's going to break. And when I read the words you set before me a dining table... We're jumping in our minds, and now we're something different. When we begin, we're sheep, and Yahweh is shepherding us. But when I get to that point about the dining table, I'm no longer a sheep. And this, as a kid, I used to read this. I mean, we had to memorize this as a kid in the King James uh, Version, so I can still quote it that way. And when we had to memorize it, I was thinking of the imagery, and I was imagining sheep at a table. And this really just didn't work for me. (laughs) But really, the imagery shifts. No longer am I a sheep. Now I'm a guest in the house of Yahweh, not the temple. He's a good host. And I've come into a community, or I'm in a community where there's some hostility toward me. And he's invited me in. So when I get to that point, switch images in your mind. The other thing I want you to do is I want you to watch me. And listen to the words when I change where my gaze goes. All right? Yahweh is shepherding me. I lack nothing. In green pastures he lets me rest. By calm waters he guides me. My life he refreshes. He leads me on wagon trails that are helpful for the sake of his reputation. As well, when I go into a pitch black valley, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they give me comfort. You set out before me a table in the presence of those who are out to get me. You freshen my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely the good and the faithfulness will pursue me all the days of my life. So I will return to the house of Yahweh for the duration of my days. That's the Glenn Wooden translation of Psalm 23. There are a few things in this psalm that I want to point out as we think about what it's about. The first bit, Yahweh is shepherding me. And I checked last night. I did a Logos comparison of texts. If you have Logos, you can do this. Select a bunch of Bibles and you can compare them. And I must have had eight or ten translations. And they all say the Lord is my shepherd. And the Hebrew doesn't actually say that. The Hebrew says Yahweh, the Lord, is shepherding me. Not that he has a title, but that he's doing something. He's shepherding me. And so I am his sheep. We're all the I. We're all part of the shepherding process. And he's leading us. What kind of a shepherd is he? Well, as we get to the end of that bit, it says, for his name's sake. That's for the sake of his reputation. His reputation is on the line. And 
Jesus talks about this when he talks about the hirelings in the old King James English. Um, There are some shepherds who are hired to do the job. And when the lion or the bear comes, they're out of there because it's not my responsibility. I'm not dying for somebody else's financial gain. Jesus is not that kind of shepherd. He's the kind who owns the sheep. And he's in it for the long haul. And what he does for them puts his reputation on the line. And so he provides his sheep with the best. He gives them green, lush grass. That is, they're well fed. And as a shepherd, he takes them not just to places of water, because sheep are skittish. They don't like bubbling brooks, babbling sounds. They don't like that. They like something that's calm. And so... He leads us beside, as he's taking us places, we go beside still, calm waters. And there we can stop and drink as much as we want. He restores us. He makes sure that we have the nourishment. And the King James and then subsequent translations, he leads us in paths of righteousness. A better way to translate that the paths there is not the common word for a path or a road in Hebrew. This is a word for a wagon trail. The word for path actually comes from a wagon wheel. It's a wagon wheel path. Well, if you've ever driven in wagons, especially ones that don't have a spring system, It's pretty rough when you hit rocks and the like. So they did what every society does. They made sure that the places where they needed to take their wagons were the places that were smoothed out. They dug the rocks out, they built it up, they smoothed it off so that it was a much nicer ride. And that's the kind of path he takes me on. He takes me on a cart path that's smooth, that I don't have to climb over rocks on as a sheep. In the paths of righteousness, that word righteousness is also used for ones that are made right, that are made well, that are made suitable. That's the kind of path he takes me on. He's selective of where he makes his flock go. So the Lord as our shepherd, is one whose reputation is on the line and his sheep are well fed, well cared for, well rested. And when they go places, they don't just take any old trail. They follow him in paths that are just what they need. And then the language switches. And I hoped you watched and you saw the direction of my gaze. At first I was telling you all about my wonderful shepherd. And then I switched and I started talking to my shepherd. And that's one of the things that you need to watch for in Psalms. Sometimes the gaze, the uh, where we have our mind, it shifts rather than this being just one scene where we go blah, blah, blah through it. Rather, it switches. We're still in the midst of being sheep, but suddenly the psalmist turns his eyes to the Lord and starts addressing the Lord. And he addresses the Lord at the place where we get the death stuff. Well, it's not really about death, but that's 
That's because there's a, a Hebrew word there that's found about 17 times in the Old Testament. And that word has in it three letters that look like the word for death in Hebrew. And so there was some folk etymology, some, some um, unsophisticated word study done. And that word study wasn't actually done by the translators of the King James Bible. It was done by the translators of the Septuagint translation many hundreds of years before, before the time of Christ. They looked at that and not knowing quite what that word meant, they derived it from shadow and death. So the Septuagint translation says, even though I go in the midst of the shadow of death, you are with me. And when the King James translators and others before them came to it, they looked back and they said, okay, that must be what it means. And so that's how they translated it. Yea, thy walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But the word comes from a word for darkness. And because it's paired eight of the 17 times with the traditional word for darkness, there's darkness and then there's this darkness. So I translated it as pitch black. It's the kind of darkness that at night, when a shepherd is leading his sheep along as the evening comes, and they have to go through a ravine, and the lingering light that is there is not hitting inside. It's dark, but this is really dark. No moon, few stars. Any light that's out there that might get in isn't. It's pitch black, and sheep don't like it. They're skittish. They know that that's where danger lies. But with this shepherd, the one who's leading us as his sheep, we don't have a thing to worry about because he's not got just one stick. He's got two. And when he uses the one to kill, he's still got another that he can still use if he needs. We're well protected by this shepherd because he is with us and because he is ready to protect us even going through that dark a place, we still can trust in him. Now sheep are skittish, and these sheep are timid, and they're relying upon their shepherd to keep them. But now the, the psalm changes. Still the psalmist is talking to Yahweh, still addressing the Lord. It's still prayer instead of testimony. And it switches to this new scene. And here the psalmist has come into a town or has come to the house of the Lord, a literal house. Remember, this is an image. And it's a hostile place. This is based upon Near Eastern, ancient Near Eastern, even modern ancient or modern Near Eastern understandings of hospitality. When you come into the homes, even today, of Muslims, unless they're radical Muslims who aren't following Islam very well, um, even though they might not like me as a Christian, they still have an obligation to take me in to make sure, if I'm stranded, that I am not left alone, that I have food, and that I am given hospitality. That's the picture here. That's for me. That's the picture here. 
And the picture is of this person, now the psalmist, coming into the house of Yahweh, and he is well fed. He's just astounded that here in the presence of my enemy, you lay out one table. Wow. And you freshen me. You give me oil. Now, we make all kinds of assumptions about what the oil meant. It's the Holy Spirit or something else. This is what they did every day. They freshened themselves. They put oil on their heads and on their faces. They still do it. It's their way of getting ready for their day. And you freshen me up. You get me looking like I'm supposed to. You put this beautiful spread in front of me. And man, I, I asked for something to drink and you didn't stop until it was right to the brim. And probably wasn't a Baptist either, so it's probably wine. Right to the brim. It's overflowing. Wow. When I go away from this place, he says, I'm going to come back because this is the place where I want to be the rest of my days. I don't care that there are enemies around and that they're sitting right across the table from me because my host, he protects me. He feeds me. He shows me that I am valued and I can march right into the midst of a situation of hostility and know that when I go to his house, I have everything I need. So I'm going back there for as long as I live. This is not a psalm about dying. This is a psalm about living. It's a psalm about living large, especially that last bit. No matter what might face you in ministry or in life, we know that we can come into the house of the Lord. Will that house be in my prayer time, in my own home, in a church setting, or in death, be it in heaven, that my host is going to take care of me like no other host ever could. I can live large knowing that even if I die, I will dwell in the eternal house of the Lord all the days of my eternal life. It's a song about confidence in God. Yahweh provides. He takes me out of my comfort zone and He leads me and protects me. In the midst of hostile people, He feeds me. His good and covenant loyalty, they're going to pursue me. And that's the word, not follow me, trot behind. Rather, they're pursuing me. As I'm going that way, they're coming after me taking care of me, catching up to me. And I'm just going to keep coming back because this is way too good. He's the perfect host. I'm a horrible guest because I'm just never leaving. (laughs) Psalm of confidence in the Lord's provision for us in any setting in life. I trust as we go in our ministry, as we live our lives, and as we work with people of all ages and of all situations in life, that we can lead them to this shepherd, that we can help them to have confidence in this kind of a shepherd, not the one who waits until we're dying, but the one who is with us as we are living.
Praise be to God.